0: Identity fraud and identity theft are top concerns for consumers and businesses alike. And while both have been around for a long time, they are evolving as a result of compromised information linked to data breaches and phishing attacks. Here, Johnny May, an independent security consultant and trainer, and the keynote speaker at Information Security Media Group's Fraud Summit in Atlanta on March 24th, says things are only going to get worse as illegal access to data about identities is becoming increasingly prevalent. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Johnny, the title of your presentation for next week's summit is Identity Theft, How the Name Game Has Changed. Can you tell us briefly how the name game has changed?
1: Well, there's been a a few significant changes that I've seen in recent years. One is it's gone from a low-tech type crime to almost 100% high-tech. The second thing I've seen, too, is We've changed our focus, if you watch the media, it's changed from the consumer angle to the workplace angle. So data breaches is where I think the, the heavy focus is now.
0: Johnny, can you tell us how long you've been tracking identity theft?
1: I first got into the identity theft arena probably late 90s, early 2000, and I've seen significant changes just during that 10-15 year time range, and it, it's a rapidly evolving area that you know it changes constantly.
0: And would you say that it's rapidly evolving because of some of these data breaches that you talked about earlier?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and the technology, over reliance on computers is what's kind of spurred this growth with identity theft. You know, technology, internet. A lot of the records that used to be stored uh, or kept hard copy are now stored digitally. So it's created a whole different set of problems.
0: You know, Johnny, something that, that I think is interesting is how the way we define identity theft has changed. So we used to just say identity theft, but now we have identity theft, we have synthetic identities, and we have what's called identity fraud. Can you tell us how synthetic identities and identity fraud are related yet different from identity theft?
1: Well, synthetic identity theft deals more so with a combination of fraudulent and real information. The most common scenario we see here is a legitimate social security number in conjunction with fictitious other pieces of personal information like names and date of birth. So. Synthetic, you're dealing with a portion of a person's identity, not necessarily the title identity, but pieces of that person's identity per se, maybe social security number.
0: So since you're only dealing with pieces of information, does that make it difficult for consumers to know if a piece of their identity has been used to create a synthetic identity?
1: Yes, yeah, synthetic identity stuff can take longer to detect because all of the pieces of the puzzle out there are just portions, so it might not immediately stand out with the consumer.
0: And what about for banking institutions or other businesses? How difficult is it for them to detect whether or not someone's using a synthetic identity to open an account, for instance?
1: Well, one of the things that's made it tougher is now Social Security Administration, back in 2011, they started the Social Security number randomization. So. In the past, the way Social Security numbers were put together and kind of tracked this information, but with the randomization now, it makes it tougher.
0: So can you explain, was it just because institutions could perhaps affiliate a Social Security number with a certain part of the country and now they can't do that anymore?
1: Yeah, because, you know, the first three digits typically indicated the number was issued what state, but now with randomization it's harder to track because of that.
0: I guess in their effort to make things more secure, they inadvertently yes. created other problems. It's
1: Another
0: problem. So, Johnny, one of the things that could be a change or an evolution that we've seen related to identity theft is the fact that oftentimes identities can be stolen, but the information isn't used to commit fraud for several years later. In fact, what's been happening recently or what we've been talking about over the course of the last three to five years is the theft of social security numbers associated with children. Their identities could be compromised, but theft might not occur until much later.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they like children's IDs because. You've got a clean slate to work from, number one. And, you know, what's the chances of checking a two-year-old's credit report? It can go on for long periods of time without detection. So children have, in a sense, become the identities of victims of choice. So let's
0: talk a little bit about the obligation that certain sectors have to help consumers prevent identity theft. The financial sector oftentimes seems to be the one that's looked to and has a lot of onus when it comes to not only detecting some of these things, but also informing consumers about what they should be doing. What would your recommendations be to banking institutions when it comes to detecting and helping their customers prevent ID theft?
1: I'm a firm believer of education. Do as much as they can to educate the consumer on not only how to detect identity theft, but to minimize the risk or to stretch to say prevention, it's hard to prevent. But for the most part, I think educating folks is going to be one of your most valuable tools in in combating identity theft. Knowledge is power.
0: And then, Johnny, before we close, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about some of the topics that you plan to address next week at the summit?
1: Well, we'll just take just a brief overview. We'll take a look at how identity theft has evolved from just financial to now we have five forms of identity theft. We'll take a little look at technology and information age and how that ties into the big picture. And then we'll spend the majority of our time with workplace identity theft and discuss where the data breaches are occurring, which industries, how the methods have changed from low-tech to high-tech. We'll look at some of the hidden costs that goes into a data breach. And we'll also look at some of the problems, such as outsourcing. We try to save money by outsourcing certain types of functions, foreign countries to save money, but on the flip side, you lose the security aspect of it. And we'll also spend a little bit of time on employer liability from layman's terms.
0: So, Johnny, I'd like to thank you again for your time today, and I look forward to seeing you at the summit in Atlanta.
1: Thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you as well.
0: Again, we've just heard from ID theft expert and Professor Johnny May. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.